What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this Super Bowl preview of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is myself and Matt DiStefano previewing Super Bowl 56, the Rams and the Bengals. We go position by position, breaking down the matchup. We also look at prop bets. The coaching matchup, this one was a lot of fun to record. It's personally one of my favorite episodes of the year to record. Let us know what you think in the comments. Let us know what you think on social media. ThunderBLG is our Twitter handle. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram is the account to follow. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. X's and O's, Mr. Matty D, Matt Stefano. How are you, my friend? Well, it's Super Bowl week. It's both a week of enjoyment and a little week of, of kind of sorrow, because it means that football is over, unless you're watching the USFL. Um, but it means football is pretty much over. Granted, football is never over, as we both know. Oh, yeah. It is a 24-7 news cycle. But football games are over until, I- I'm going to just say September because I don't watch preseason that much. No. Um, but, you know, and it, you know so, but that also means summer's around the corner. So it's positives and negatives today is, I think, the best way I can put it. Yeah, definitely. And this week, not today, this week. This yeah, week. that's yeah. a good point. We're recording this on Tuesday as Maddie D and I are both going away this weekend. We're going west. We're not so young anymore, but the men are going west. And we're going to have a good time, watch some football, all the good stuff. Did get a taste of that first Sunday with no football on on a Sunday night this past weekend. Granted, the Olympics are on, so I watched some skiing. You know, got the end of the golf that ended around like 7 o'clock. So we got that going at least. And we'll have that for a few more weeks with golf being out west. I'm going to the Waste Management this weekend. So follow our Instagram. Follow me there. Be there on Friday. That'll be fun. But yeah, it, it definitely is a, a bittersweet time. I think that's a perfect way to put it. Of The Super Bowl is incredible. It's always fun. The halftime show is going to be awesome with the lineup they got going there. I'm sure everybody's seen the commercials. Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, Mick, uh, Mary J. Blige. I almost said Nikki J. Blige, which is a weird amalgamation. I don't think any of us want to see. Maybe. That might be talented. I don't know. But... The Bengals and the Rams. We went through it last week. The incredible AFC championship and a stalwart performance by the Rams in the NFC championship. We are now here. Both four seeds. We'll break this thing down a little bit for just the 30,000 foot view, maybe 10,000 foot because we're a little closer to it. Rams favored by four. The money line for the Bengals plus 165 over set at 48 and a half points. We're going to break this all down for you. If this is your first Super Bowl show, this is a fun one. It's one of my favorite shows to do every year. Matty D and I are going to go through every positional matchup. So we're going to go matching up quarterbacks. We're going to do the secondary versus the wide receivers and so on and so forth. And we're going to give an edge. And then we're going to give our picks. We're going to look at some props. It's a really fun episode. I... Again, like I mentioned, one of my favorites, usually Matt and I try to get together, but because 
we're both going away this week. We both have busy jobs. You know, this isn't our day job. If you want to help that, tell your friends to listen. And maybe we can make that happen. But we a little busy this week, so we're doing it on Zoom like we have been all season. But we'll, we're going to try to get in person for the draft. Can't promise anything. Okay. We're going to try hard. to get in we're person. We're going to work hard at it. Oh, yeah. We're going to work hard at it. Now, Maddie, do you want to jump right into the positional matchup? Do you want to give your thoughts on the no, let's let's no. I, I my favorite part is the positional matchup. And, All right, and I think we jump in. I think we jump into the matchup that everyone. I mean, what do you want to start? Do you want to go top of the list? Or let's go wanna, top of the list. We'll go top to bottom. Okay, okay. So you want to start a quarterback then? Yep, let's do that. All right. Look, first of all, this is a relative conversation. Let's be clear what we say here, right? So just because I put one group or one person over another doesn't mean I don't think the other person is good or bad, right? I think, I think everyone should be aware of that, but. Um, I, I have to give a slight edge to Matthew Stafford from a quarterback perspective, just quarterback, right? Why? Uh, it's really, it's razor thin to me, um, but he does have statistically has ha- had a better season this year, right? Um, you know, they, 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 so that's my first part I'll start with. He has a, had a better statistical season than Joe Burrow. Uh, he is a veteran. Now he is a veteran who has been used to losing, right? Cause he did play for the Lions for a long time. Uh, but I do think the veteran aspect matters. I think he is immensely hungry, and he he is coming into this game. This is like this is his last. I'm not saying it's his last chance, but he doesn't have. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not 23, right? He's sure. got only finite amount of years left. Um, and I think that hunger is going to play into his favor. So I do give him a a slightly more a slight edge. Um, I think he's a slightly better arm. I think he's. Um, I think they're both ridiculously tough. Mobility-wise, they're pretty similar quarterbacks in a lot of ways, to be honest, right? They, they number one overall picks. They, they both. I think Stafford's a better arm. I think Burrow might be slightly more mobile, but I don't think it's by much. But I do give the slight edge to the veteran Stafford here. Gun to my head, one game, I'm probably taking Stafford over Burrow. Um, you know, he's just from that veteran aspect. Absolutely. So with me. And I'm glad we're starting with quarterbacks because this does come down to kind of like what we talked about last year, Brady versus Mahomes, you know, the Brady legacy, the Mahomes legacy, how would that affect this? I think it's kind of similar. You mentioned it, the long history that Matt Stafford had in Detroit with everything there. The fact that all the Detroit fans are rooting for him. Joe Burrow could become the first quarterback to win the Heisman National Championship and the Super Bowl. Shocked that's ever happened for a quarterback before, but awesome to see if it does happen. I would agree with you that statistically, and I'd think intangibly, Matt Stafford has probably the edge there. I think, though, on a mental aspect, Matthew Stafford has the hunger. Joe Burrow has the swag. And obviously, there's the image of him walking into the game, the the AFC Championship. The fact that he went down to the Mahomes Chiefs and still pulled out that game and all the different adversity that he's had to go through, leaving Ohio State to go to LSU, obviously being the first-round draft pick, but then tearing his ACL, and now being on a team that was picked last in their division. They were the longest odds for an AFC champion, I think, in 30 years. We'd have to double-check what that actual number is, but it's quite a long time. It might be in this millennium, but still... What he brings to the table in terms of that mental edge, I think gives him a really good opportunity. I think you're right. It's razor thin. It's hard for me to go against Joe Burrow. I love that LSU team. So I'm going to go against you and give the edge to Joe Burrow just because of the fact 
that we've seen on paper what he did to take down, really just taking down the Chiefs, coming out of that deficit, I think just shows a lot of moxie and showing it in this game. Now we're going to jump into the Matthew Stafford's biggest Achilles heel during interceptions versus the Bengals defense and what the Rams offense (laughs) brings in there, which probably goes against me on that, but I really, I love what Joe Burrow's been doing and I really just can't go, go against that. I mean, I get that. And and I think too, I mean, a couple things to remember. I, 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 the moxie is there. Stafford has had actually a number of game winning drives, right? So I, you know, I, I, um, but to your point, like Burrow doesn't really know anything different than, than to win the big game. Right. I mean, the last, the last, we'll call it two full playing years. Cause last year he got injured. Maybe, maybe they would have had some success if he had stayed healthy. I think the team's better this year for a couple of reasons we're going to talk about, but um, I think it's razor thin though. Like I don't, to me, there's just not a clear edge in past years. There, there has been a, a clear, a clear edge, maybe not last year as much with Brady and Mahomes, but you know, Garoppolo was there and, and I don't think that was – so there, there have been some years where you just like, oh, that quarterback's certainly better than that one. Sure. I think it's really close. And I think both quarterbacks have great storylines, right? Like I, I'm really struggling to pick who I want to root for here because I think both quarterbacks are deserving of a title for various reasons. Yep. Yeah, it's just – it's such a great story of seeing both of these guys and where they've come from, what they've had to face and all that. I think it's one of the better stories. I think it's cool that we almost got – for the third time, the Bengals against the 49ers. But seeing this Chief, or this Rams team that went all in is an incredible story. I think it starts with them. They're the quarterbacks. It's a quarterback-driven league and all that good stuff. Any other final thoughts before we jump to a different position? And I'll let you pick where you want to go next. No, I think, we're, I think I, I, everyone is going to hear about the quarterbacks. So this is why I like the other positions a little bit more. So where do you want to go? Where do you want to go next? I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. Let's go to the board. Let's go. Let's dive into the trenches here a little bit. One of my favorite things to do, and that's take a look at both teams' offensive lines. Right. The protectors of um, of the defense of the of the quarterback most important position. Um, Right off the bat, this is one of the easier wins for me. The Rams' offensive line is both statistically and visually better than the, the Bengals. Right. Um, the Bengals' offense, offensive line has been specifically called out repeatedly. Um, the fact that they're here is what's so impressive. Twelve sacks in the—they've given up twelve sacks in the postseason, sixty-three sacks overall in the year. That's you know, there should have been more, honestly, um, even in that Titans game, um, and even in the Chiefs game. There wasn't as many sacks. Man, he spent the whole time just dodging and moving. This is this is a unit that just simply is not overly talented. Um, and they knew that going in. It's why there was a discussion before the draft about should they take Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase. Um, Absolutely. Both, t- both look fantastic, by the way. Um, but, you know, neither is, is, is great. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I mean, nobody on – I'm sorry, both were great. This offensive line simply isn't. Um, and I don't know how else to – how else to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um... – there's definitely that, and their offensive line, I, I think it's at least pretty easy to give that to the Rams, especially looking against the defensive line that the Rams have going for them and what they can do, and certainly with their front seven and everything we talked about in that the NFC Championship game with going out getting Von Miller, everything there, and seeing what the, the Rams bring to the table with guys like Andrew Whitworth, 
with and a number of different dudes, but it starts and, and ends with the blind side and seeing what protection they can bring in. I'd be really interested in seeing on the defensive side of things for the Bengals what they can do in terms of getting pressure to Stafford to try to put some pressure on him. Sam Hubbard has done a great job, and obviously he caused the fumble towards the end of the game and or caused the interception rather towards the end of the game and it really really got things going for them. So we've seen it out of the Bengals. I want to see what they can do here, but I definitely would give. The Rams offensive line, a better edge than the Bengals defensive line against their opponents in the trenches. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the Bengals are swapping in rookies at, at right guard, They're uh, journeymen kind of across the board. There's there's just not a lot of like to your point, you got a Whitworth on the uh, one side and it's just not not there on the other side kind of thing. Um, and, and obviously we're not talking about the defensive lines, but boy, may, maybe it wouldn't matter how good the offensive line was because we know who's lying up across from them. Um, but it's certainly not, like I said, the, the, it's just not a great offensive line for the Bengals. The Rams ranked seventh and off. I will say this, let me retract one statement. The Bengals offensive line is decent at run blocking. They do an okay job of opening holes for, um, you know, for Joe Mixon and crew, which, which I, you know, that is, that is important. Right. So, um, but, but they've, Again, outside of that, there's just really not a lot of uh, not a lot of elite talent um, on the on the offensive line, and they haven't drafted for it. They're going to probably fix that moving forward, right, to keep their franchise quarterback up. Um, but that's that's a big deal for them. So um, on the other side of the ball, the Rams very good. Only five sacks total for Stafford, and he's a guy that actually likes to hold on to the ball. One day, Whitworth is forty. He's potentially edging on a Hall of Fame career. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, I would certainly say that. I mean, he's had an incredible career. And I would say also on the other side of things, like he's, I mean, a number of different quarterbacks, obviously had Jared Goff and, and everything that he's done in his career. I'd certainly put him high on that list comparatively yeah. to his peers in terms of left tackles, right? Right. And Rob, yeah, and Rob, I mean, we, we want to make sure we touch on like uh, Rob Havenstein is pretty good, yeah. Dave. David Edwards, Austin Corbett, they they definitely have Brian Allen. They've got way more talent on the offensive line than the than the desolate Bengals certainly do. Um, I think it's a clear they're a clear favorite against. And I want to get too far, but again, I I think it's it's important for them because they they need to keep Stafford upright, but more importantly, they need to try to generate a run game too um, to slow people down uh, and to keep and to keep Burrow off the field, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, and they which certainly... something that the Chiefs the Chiefs could not do. And it was part of the reason of their downfall. Yes, exactly. And it, it's certainly something they've been successful with throughout the season and causing a good run game. And that's something the Bengals do really well as as well, that the fact that Joe Mixon's had a successful career or career and season so far, even without necessarily the, I don't want to you know compare apples and oranges of wide receiver play that Jamar Chase has done for them compared to what Penny Sewell could have done. But what they have going for them is that they can establish the run really well. They did that against a very good Chiefs defensive front. And if they can get that going with this dynamic defensive line and linebacking core that the Rams bring to the table, then they're certainly not out of the woods in terms of this game. And again, kind of the same point as Joe Burrow. The fact that they were able to do that when the Chiefs weren't keeping Joe Burrow off the field and they were gaining momentum, it's almost like a snowball effect, right? that they're able to do that, it's awesome, and it's great to see, and and it's just tough to think 
that what the the Rams have invested in in terms of these different guys is not it, it's just hard to go against that edge, right? Right. Yeah, I agree. So um, I guess from there, where do we jump next? We go pass catchers or running game? Let's do let's do running game. Okay. All right. I, I think, again, I think here there's a clear favorite again. I, I do think it's Joe Mixon, right, um, from a, a starting position, right? It's, it's Joe Mixon. Um, he's a, one of the few purely featured backs in the NFL, can do it all, run pass, uh, runs with power, has speed, come out of the backfield and catch the ball. I think he's better than the combination of Cam a- uh, Akers and Sonny Michelle, especially with Akers still coming back from injury. Um, I do think Akers is explosive. But I give the overall edge from a running game perspective to and running back specifically to the Bengals. I, I don't know if they're as deep as the 49ers are. Um, Sanjay P, uh, P. Rod is okay uh, as a backup. He's not the worst. Had a touchdown. Chris Evans comes in and out. Um, I, I don't think either of those guys are Sony Michelle, who obviously isn't exactly the guy we thought he was coming out of Georgia and playing for the Patriots but he's still a viable backup and certainly the back, a back that can carry the load. Um, and I do really like Cam Akers. I think he's super explosive, um, kind of fits that Rams, you know, glamour offense, but he's still coming back from that injury a little bit. And he's got a fumble issue, as you saw against the Buccaneers. We tried to give the game away. Um, so I think Mixon is a slight edge over the, that pair of running backs. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Joe Mixon has had a very, very successful season, as, as we were just saying. I think what Akers has been able to do, especially we've said it a billion times in these playoffs, tearing his ACL in the preseason and then coming back and playing well, the fumbles in the Bucks game aside, have been awesome. What Tony Michelle brings to the table, you're right, isn't what we, I think, totally would have hoped for. The dynamicism that they bring is, is an intriguing matchup to this, but I, I would agree, I'd, I'd give it first and foremost, to Joe Mixon as the best of them. What Perrine brings, too, adds that added layer that Michelle also brings. So I think as a whole, I'd give it to the Bengals and go there. But again, kind of going back to the conversation we just had, it's really about establishing the trenches well and just battling and getting that game going. And if Mixon's rolling, you saw what happened when he started getting those six, seven, eight, 12-yard runs that he had in the AFC Championship game. If that's going, then this could be a real time of possession battle, which is what Mixon really brings to the table, certainly with just keeping the clock running. So, yeah, I'm giving the, the edge to the Bengals here. Yeah. Um, which leads us, I think, to one of the most important matchups in the Super Bowl, as it always is. That's the playmakers on the outside and the inside. Um, I think it's it's a close. It's pretty close. I think the first thing I would say um, – I'll start with the tight ends. Okay. Tyler Higby for the Rams and um, CJ Uzama for the Bengals. Both are actually dealing with the same injury, a yep. sprained MCL. For those who don't remember, Uzama went out with what looked like a really nasty injury against the Chiefs at the after party, threw his brace off on the ground or send off party. He says he's <laughs> playing. Um, Higby is a little bit better of a blocker, tight end of the two of them. Uh, Uzama's more of an explosive ca- pass catcher. Neither are stars. Both yep. are underrated at their positions and provide a lot of value to this team. Totally I don't agree. think either is going to win this game, though. Um, personally, uh, <laughs> um, I'm probably le- leaning 
Uzama a little bit, really close though. Um, and again, I don't think either is a major factor. Um, I will tell you though, I did see Kendall Blanton, the backup for the Rams come in. He had a nice right. touchdown. A nice couple catches last week against the 49ers. Yep. He seemed to have that athletic spark. So maybe as a group, probably – I'm probably favoring the Rams tight ends, especially in that offense with McVay, who we know knows how to get them, you know, um, revved up in different ways. So interesting. So I, I'm Close, close, though. It's Go close. Ahead. I'm going to call it a push because I think you're right that Uzama okay. – Yeah, I think you – you could call it a push. Go yeah, ahead. he's he's a little closer in terms of being an X factor if you're going to pick the four of them because I think Drew Sample and what he did coming in for Uzama in the AFC Championship game did a great job as that safety valve for Burrow. He can't really be completely left out of this conversation because he does that. I think you're right. Higby's a better blocker. I think Kendall Blanton kind of is that secret weapon. He's had a couple different touchdown catches, a couple different clutch catches for the Rams. Neither of the backup tight ends can be written off in this scenario. I think, though, that what one has over the other, Higby versus Uzama, Higby being a better blocker, Uzama being a better route runner, maybe a bit of a better catcher. Higby always is that guy that you want to say is going to be like a Kittle or like a Travis Kelsey being that guy that he checks down to to get those those tight end touchdowns and then doesn't ultimately end up getting that at least on a fantasy aspect of going to him for DFS a number of different times throughout this season in the playoffs. But I, I safe to call it a push here, at least for the tight ends in terms of the rest of the receivers, we can jump in there. Obviously Odell Beckham jr. Going to the Rams. There was everything. I'm not even sure if we talked about this last week of Odell Beckham talking about his close relationship with Aaron Donald and how Aaron Donald was like, you got to come here. Same with Von Miller. They're recruiting him and all that stuff. He's had a complete renaissance in these playoffs and been a huge, huge factor for them. Looking at the rest of the receivers, you have Van Jefferson, you have Brandon Powell, you have Skoneneck, whatever, how you pronounce his name, and obviously, saving the best for last, Cooper Cup, maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL, one of them, at least in terms of results-wise. Devontae Adams and, and Tyreek Hill would certainly like a word with that. But the guy makes a ton of catches. We've talked about it throughout the playoffs. A guy who usually is in double digits and catches, usually well over 100 yards. The biggest factor in this game for the Rams, and I'll let you talk about the Bengals receivers in a minute here, but this core that the Rams bring to the table is so good and the different weapons that you can go to. We talked about it a little bit with the Chiefs going into the AFC Championship game and a little bit afterwards, but obviously they lost, so we were praising the Bengals. But the different little cheat codes that Mahomes has with a Pringle or Mikol Hardman, if they can utilize some of these other names outside of Cup and Beckham, or in, to an extent Jefferson, you, you get those little cheat codes that Matthew Stafford can really take advantage of. And I'll let you talk about them, I'll let you talk about the Bengals, but I, I really like this, and it's hard, hard, both really good receiving cores, to lean against the Bengals here or lean against the Rams yeah. going for them at the edge. It's funny from an offensive standpoint, these teams are very similar, right? I mean, they're very similar. Um, and you mentioned we talked about how close the quarterbacks are. They look alike running backs to an extent have some, some, some similarities offensive line a little bit. I know we talk about the Rams being better. Um, I think it's similar with the, with the wide receivers too. I do think there's one receivers and that is 
to be to be honest, like the the Bengals kind of have. If you were to cook up a wide receiver core in a lab, they're pretty close, right? They have a true number one explosive wide receiver in in Jamar Chase, right? Kind of a do everything big play guy. They have a big bodied T Higgins, a little underrated somehow, um, who grabs those contested catches, can jump up and grab a ball out, even if Burrow doesn't make a perfect throw. He makes a lot of perfect throws, let me be clear. Um, and, and then you've got Tyler Boyd, who's kind of a classic, kind of morphed into a classic slot guy, probably slightly underutilized in the slot, in all honesty, but a, a classic um, receiver who can run those tough routes across the middle, you know, make those tough grabs, um, and be kind of a security blanket for Joe Burrow. And again, I think, I think Higgins – and even Boyd more so have been incredibly underrated this year because Jamar Chase is big, flashy, and quite frankly, fantastic. Um, I think it's one of the most well-balanced wide receiving cores in all of football. It's one of the reasons they've had so much of their success. Certainly. And I think we'll continue to have that success too. Um, all three receivers that I just named, 800 yards receiving. Yep. So they're all produced minimum. And again, I, I mentioned, I think they're underutilizing guys as um, you know, just, that's just the nature of the beast. I, I think when you compare it to the Rams, Cooper cup, incredible, one of the best technicians, one of the best route runners in football understands how to get open, great hands, good suddenness. Um, you know, he's all world. Um, he is better than Jamar chase, although it's close. I do give the edge to the Bengals. Um, I like Odell. He's been fantastic in these playoffs. I don't know if he's actually as good or productive as T Higgins. Um, I think he's pretty explosive, maybe not as explosive as his young, young days with the giants, but pretty explosive. Um, and obviously he's getting open, but I don't know. He's not producing at the same clip as Higgins has. I know he's had some good games in the playoffs, just overall. Um, I like, you mentioned Van Jefferson is hyper underrated, but a little bit of a one trick pony. Most of their backup guys, those gadget guys are big play guys, right? I need, you know, so I don't know how consistent they are in moving the chains. Sometimes that's why you see this offense sputter. Staffers try to push the ball down the field if the defense plays it right. You know, I, I think both receiving cores are great. I do give the edge. I think the top three for um, the Bengals are too talented to ignore. And I think you really got one superstar in cup. And then obviously Beckham and um, I, I mentioned Van Jefferson as well. And you, I know you tossed out a few names too um, that are all good, by the way. Yeah. But I'm still going to give the edge there to, um, to the depth of the Bengals yeah. um, uh, overall. So um, I totally yeah. agree. I, yeah, I, I think the depth is there. But it's like, close. It's close. And you're right. The Bengals Again, somehow. The Bengals top three is very, it's very well balanced and, what they bring to the table certainly can't be written off and what they're doing and it can't be understated how important those guys are and all of them as being viable targets for Joe Burrow. I just think that if the, the Rams want to spread it out and they want to go over the top with you, you put the tight ends off to the side and they put in a fourth receiver, that that fourth receiver I mean, is just such a good Rams option. Do a lot, right? And right. the, if the Bengals go empty set and they're trying to do that same thing, it, it's just not going to be as successful. So th that was just my final thought there. Any, any final thoughts on the, I guess, offensively, just purely as a unit, yeah. one or the other, who are you picking? After everything I said, I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Rams. Yep. Um, yep. 
I, I, I think part of that has to do with the head coaches, which we haven't talked about, who are essentially both also essentially the offensive coordinators. I know they have offensive coordinators, but you know, I, I think McVay has a slightly better scheme than Zach Taylor. I like Stafford better. I like the offensive line is, is so much better than their, than the Bengals offensive line. I think it's a huge edge there. Um, and again, I think everything else is close enough for me, even though I ranked Mixon higher and the wide receivers higher. Um, I think Stafford and the offensive line plus McVay's scheme puts it, puts them slightly ahead of the Bengals. Again, I think it's close, but I would give the edge to the, uh, to the Rams. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, all right. So, yeah. And I'm giving the edge to the Rams as well, the Rams as well, if that wasn't obvious. All right, let's go to the defense. You want to start in the inside? Do you want to start from the secondary? Let's work our, uh, maybe let's work our way in. Cause I think, I think, um, the, in, the, the trenches are the best for both of these defenses. So I, I love, yeah, let's, game. uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the secondary of the Bengals, I'll start there. We've heard a lot about them throughout this postseason. Eli Apple making a strong comeback with those Bengals having an incredible playoffs. Von Bell just really running the defense over the top and, and doing a great job. Obviously, how they were able to contain Tyreek Hill, interception, everything there. But the other side of the field, too, looking at Trey Waynes, looking at Jesse Bates, Looking at Michael Thomas, the actually hilariously, there's a Mike Thomas on the offense for the Bengals, and there's Michael Thomas, the free safety for the Bengals. Neither are the Michael Thomas that you're used to hearing. So they bring <laughs> that's just a little fun fact, but they bring in they bring in such an interesting factor here of what they've been able to do in Vernon Hargraves, Mike Mike Hilton. Seeing what this defense has done throughout this postseason, and again, looking at the Chiefs game and how they were able to come out fired up and slow down an offense that looked like it wasn't going to be stopped in any stretch of an imagination, and that they hunkered down and slowed them down is incredibly positive if you're a Bengals fan. Now, on the other side of things with the Rams, you look at a defense that obviously a couple years back trades for Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. But they still have other guys, too. They have Darius Williams. They have David Long rounding out their cornerback units if they want to go in a, in a nickel or dime package. Terrell Burgess, incredible strong safety, may end up being a huge factor all across the field, whether that's stopping a run whether it's a safety blitz, whether it's just going back and covering one of the wide receivers we were just talking about for the Bengals. And then you have their free safeties, Taylor Rapp and, and Jake Gervais, who both are solid enough. I, though, man, this is a tough one. And this becomes such an interesting conversation. I am going to go. I'm going to go with the the Chief, the Bengals here because of the Chiefs game. Although it, it can't be understated what Jalen Ramsey brings to the competition. And just seeing him command the game and saying, I want to cover this guy. I want to cover that guy. We saw it in the Bucks game where he's literally telling David Long, we're switching here. I'm covering this guy, trying to take over that game. But I do just love the way that the full unit of the secondary for the Bengals has played throughout this postseason. So I'm going to give them an edge there. Yeah, um, you brought up a lot of good points. I mean, Jesse Bates is a, a potential underrated safety star. He's going to get a huge deal this offseason. Um, most likely, 
Um, he's a great player. Von Bell stepped up a veteran. You mentioned a lot of veterans, obviously, on the Bengals side of the ball. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, Jalen Ramsey is arguably the best corner in football. He's going to take away one of the receivers. I'm interested to see how they do this, right? I love the Bill Belichick method. Put Ramsey on their number two, right? Give him T. Higgins, the big physical T. Higgins, and then just double bracket Jamar Chase, right, with the corner and a safety essentially take him out of the game, right? Uh, That's something that I know Belichick used to do for a while, not with Revis, but um, I I think Ramsey probably matches up to it due to his size a little better too with, with Higgins. Um, I I, I tell you what, the the Rams safety's pretty good. Weddle is obviously a savvy vet. Not sure why I love his quote, like why you call him me, but he's, he's back in the saddle here with him. Um, uh, You know, I'll tell you what, um, Jordan Fuller is not playing. That's a shame. But Taylor Rapp is potentially coming back. Uh, big, big kind of enforcer safety. I like him a lot. Uh, and I do like Darius Williams, kind of their other number two corner out there on the edge. Um, I think Ramsey is simply too good. I'm giving, I'm giving the Rams an edge here. I think he just wipes the slate as opposed – I don't know if there's a defensive back player who can just – literally wipe somebody off the, off the field for the Bengals. So I give a slight edge to, to Jalen Ramsey and, and the Rams here, but I, to your point, I do think it's pretty close. Yeah, that's fair. Pick the best player and go that way. And I think you're right. But I didn't, but I didn't, but I didn't do that everywhere. I didn't do no, that with their that, wide receivers. So. Good point. So you gave it to the Rams, didn't you? Or did you give it to the Bengals for the wide receivers? I, I gave the Bengals the wide receivers over. Oh, so my man. Technically. See? So there you go. <laughs> oh, you know. That's a little uh, a little missed pat missed interception by me. I'm like the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go to linebacking core though, Matt. I'll let you start. Break this thing down. Um, this is probably I I think other than maybe the Bengals offensive line, I, I think this is probably their weakest. Is a pretty weak um, linebacking core. So I think really on both sides um, for the Rams. I mean. Troy Reader, I mean, they just don't have great linebackers. Um, they haven't for a while. They lost a lot due to free agency. Obviously, the one guy I'm kind of not mentioning here, yeah. right, is is Von Miller. Yeah. Um, so Explain I guess yourself. the question is, you got, well, Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, to me, are yeah. pass rushers. Okay. Not linebackers. Okay. I know they have an oh, I know they have a linebacking designation, and I appreciate that, but they again to me they're they're rush linebackers um they're, they're pass rushers so i'd almost rather rank pass rushers versus linebackers to an extent i like um, it i like it so and, and from the from the linebacker perspective a, a pure kind of old school linebacker ernest jones and troy reader are the guys um troy reader very similar for the eagles fans to like alex single singleton right he's a tackle machine um had you know had 91 this year uh did have two picks so he's not horrible um, but again, I don't, I don't on the board you know, they're, they're Well, they're gettable. Um, I think for the Bengals perspective, they, they actually, like Logan Wilson has been a monster for them this year Absolutely um, for interceptions, right? Um, over a hundred tackles on the nose. Um, you know, he, he can certainly get after it. Uh, Jermaine Pratt also pretty good, uh, in the playoffs, right? 21 tackles so far in the playoffs. Both of them had interceptions to seal the game, right? Against the Bengals, against the Raiders and the Titans, which is pretty cool. So I I, I think from a pure, I'm going to go pure linebacker, old school linebacker perspective, 
I do give the edge to the Bengals here. Um, they're a little deeper from a pure linebacker perspective, not from a I'm be very clear from saying not from a pass rusher perspective. <laughs> uh, I, right. I like it. Okay. All right. That clears some things up. I was to say, uh, you were, you were missing a couple names there, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Troy reader and Justin Hollins, even if you bring in like a Chris Garrett, I, I wonder if Von Miller and Leonard Floyd are going after Joe Burrow and Mixon's rolling, like, where does that really go? And and maybe you try to have one of them create a stunt. The other on the other side of the ball is almost spying the run game to try to come across and stop it there for like a two yard gain or something like that. Obviously, they can also and now I'm getting into them as linebackers, but they can also be put in on top of the box to create that. So it does. It creates an interesting dynamic for the run stopping game that those two bring. But if you're looking strictly on the inside linebackers, because technically the Rams are slotted as a three-four defense, right? Collins I and know. Reader, they they're they're a little tougher, and it's tougher to go with. And yes, they they have some solid statistics, but I, I would agree with you on a pure linebacking standpoint. The Pratt, Bailey, Wilson, and even to an extent, their backups are fairly solid and can really hunker down and lock in the ball. Even if you're going into a nickel defense where one of them might be coming off the field you're you're still in a good spot there of trying to to match up well you mentioned the picks they really guard the flat really well Wilson and Pratt obviously the interceptions in those games to seal them and seeing what ends up happening they really watch the ball well they watch for the run they watch for the pass and they read the quarterback's eye and I think on the linebacking standpoint that's all you can really ask for. They also, when they stack the box, they're solid tacklers. You mentioned the, t- the tackling statistics. But they, again, they they read plays well. It's like those old Madden fucking traits, whatever they were. Remember those things where, where they had the QBI for the quarterbacks, where Tom Brady's was the whole football field, but like Michael Vicks was a pencil. Right. They had it for the linebackers right. too, right? There wasn't the view, but it was like, you know, they had the, the traits that made them better or worse at something, and now they have it in NHL, and I don't know if people like that. But regardless, I would agree with you. I'd give it to the Bengals on that side of things. Now, I've given two to the Bengals. And unless you have any other thoughts on the linebacking before we get to pass rushing, I don't know necessarily if two out of three gets the Bengals the edge on defense. Because going into pass rushing, Matt, you mentioned it before in talking about what Von Miller and Leonard Freud bring to the table is just incredible. We've seen all the different ways, whether you're watching a pregame show, a postgame show, Good Morning Football, which, by the way, just a, a quick shout-out to Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. Just an incredible program. What they, they break it down in such like a, a benign way that if you're not the biggest football fan, you're listening to us, thank you, for one, for listening to us. But go check that show out. And probably Friday's show, Kyle Brandt, I'm sure he's going to be on the Bengals like he was on the Eagles of going on his rants. I haven't seen one go viral yet since the Eagles, so <laughs> shout out Kyle Brandt. But um, actually, I think he did, but we'll forget that. It's, it's been four, It's been five years. Um, <laughs> but still, what the, Beng- or the, the Bengals pass rushing, I'll give them props first. They have a very solid pass rushing core. I mentioned Sam Hubbard earlier when we were talking about the offensive line, what he brings defensively. And what he's been able to do in rushing the quarterback and causing all sorts of mayhem has been awesome. 
DJ Reader, BJ Hill, and the inside, they really they blow up the guards in the center and can really make a pocket collapse quick, really make a run game. You know, you hear all so much about moving the trenches. You hear more on the running game. But on the defensive side of the ball, making those trenches either not move or move backwards, A, collapses the pocket very quickly, but B, especially on a running th- side of things, it makes it incredibly tough to do it. It makes a zero-yard gain a negative one, negative two-yard gain. And then Trey H- Hendrickson, I almost called him Trey what, what a f- What a fine for them. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I was about to say, what this team has done – and obviously, there's a salary cap in football, so there's there eight, teams are able to pay players competitively and all that sort of stuff. But this is almost what you just said. What a find. Almost like a money ball type of find for them of getting so much out of a guy, and I don't know what his contract is. I don't have it in front of me. But, like, finding him and utilizing him to his fullest. Then their backups, at least on the front four, is incredibly solid in terms of just – we talked about it so much with the Eagles when they had their defensive prowess – especially in the front seven of almost like hockey lines. The Bengals are able to do that very well, and obviously the Rams are too. And I'll let you jump in in a second. But what the Bengals do in terms of really using that edge really well, but also not letting it affect them up the middle, is just really admirable to see what they're able to do, especially finding those gems in the rough. Yeah, I mean, I I would say from a Bengals perspective you brought up uh, uh, definitely a surprise group right and, and I, Hendrickson kind of pinpoints that um all four I, I, to your, right the middle guys are going to stuff the run they made some big plays in the postseason but they're going to stuff some run stuff, stuff you know stuff against the run and then, and then Hendrickson and Hubbard are just they're not going to make a lot of poor decisions they're pretty smart players um he does have a by the way Hendrickson did sign a four-year deal okay six four years 60 million dollar deal let me be clear here um, so, you know, um, was drafted by the saints came, by the way, came out of Florida Atlantic for those that don't know, um, spent his rookie contract with the saints and then jumped over here. The saints obviously couldn't afford to keep him. They, they knew he was okay. So I think it's, it's might be a, no, I wouldn't say, but the thing is it's not slightly deeper. That's the problem. So yes, it's a really good defensive line. It's produced all postseason and during the season, season we mentioned, mentioned Hendrickson. This is a team that last year only had. 17 sacks all year um that changed this year right they went crazy this year um but as good as Hendrickson has been and I like Hubbard and, and the tackles compared to what the Rams can put out there Aaron Donald is the best player I I, argue, I would argue he still might be the best player in football um every year purely dominant doesn't care about double teams totally wrecks your inside game He's going to cause problems for mixing up the middle. He's going to cause problems for Joe Burrow all night. He's hungry. We know that. Um, he is just a god amongst amongst men. He's that good. Um, literally, literally unblockable. Um, that's and watch watch him on every snap. Right. He is that good. He probably should win Defensive Player of the Year every year, but they like to give the award to other people. Um, and, and you partner that with. Um, with Von Miller, the savvy vet who is obviously playing so well right now in the playoffs, he's going to come off the edge with his speed. He's been here, right? He's yep. been to the Super Bowl. It's not his first time. He's won a title. So um, he's been to two, I believe. Leonard Floyd on the other side, underrated, highly touted, came over from the Bears. He can certainly get after it. And don't forget, Ashawn Robinson is actually leading the team in postseason tackles. The big Alabama product for a veteran is a defensive 
um, Brock, right? He's not going to be moved off of the line of scrimmage. He's going to cause problems for Joe Mixon. I think this is the this is potentially the linchpin. Um, as good as the bank, the, the Titans, excuse me, defensive line played, this Rams defensive line to me is better and has an opportunity to truly just change this game. Um, because on the other side of the ball, it's not Ryan Tannehill and somewhat of an underwhelming offense. It is a it is a explosive offense on one side of the ball. And this 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 team can't afford to, you know, struggle uh in pass protection. And this this defensive line for the Rams is just, I think it's just maybe maybe the best unit. Uh, it's close with the wide receivers. It's up there, but it's it's a really good unit. No, I would go as far to say it's the best unit. I think if you're including Floyd Miller, it's absolutely the best unit. It's game changing. I've said it at least a half a dozen times on this episode alone, but what they're able to do, what they bring to the table to open things up for Robinson and Donald has just been incredible. And seeing the stunts they run, this is the matchup. We started with the with or we didn't start with them, but we started with the quarterbacks. But we went to we eventually we didn't even go next go to him next. We eventually went to the linemen. <laughs> Talked about this before of that this is going to be the biggest part of the matchup, right? Of seeing what ends up happening here. Now, if Joe Mixon gets going, which again, Floyd and Miller, very good at defending the run as well as getting to the quarterback. But what this these five guys and what they could do and how they could potentially break this thing wide open, it's just so hard to not name them the best core. And I think part of that is because of how good the Bengals wide receivers are against the Rams. But comparatively, and as good as the Bengals front four is, these guys make up for what I think, really outside of Jalen Ramsey, are not necessarily weaknesses, but are certainly just maybe a half a step down from what the the Bengals bring, just guy versus guy, again, outside of Jalen Ramsey and, and maybe David Long. But Jalen Ramsey aside, what these guys bring for pass rushing and getting to Burrow, if Burrow can handle these guys well, and we saw him do that against the Titans, we saw him do it against the Chiefs, and step up and be Joe Cool, Joe Cool 2.0, what, what, Joe Burrow, I'd just really show my whiteness there of doing that. Um, <laughs> but still, if he's able to step up, great. That's how the Bengals are going to win this thing. But it comes down to these five guys rushing Joe Burrow, making that trench disappear, making that pocket collapse. These guys, it starts and ends with them, and they're the best unit and the biggest factor in this Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, you talk about that. I mean, we talk about the all-time great teams that have lost. I think about the Patriots team, you know, against the Giants. The Giants defensive line controlled controlled the game and and just made Brady miserable. It's the same thing that could happen here. And Aaron Donald is just is just spectacular. Um, yeah, I think from a, a coaching standpoint, both obviously both defenses are well coached. I think it's somewhat of a push here. Um, I think if Brandon Staley was still the defensive coordinator for the Rams, I think he might give the Rams an edge. But again, I think overall, I think it's a uh, pretty I don't, I, you, we don't have we don't have Raheem Morris by the way I should point out Raheem Morris is the Rams defensive coordinator he, he's a potential head coaching candidate at some point um you know he's been around he's been a head coach before um Lou 
Anaram, Aramu, I think it is, um, it is right. over on, on the Bengals side of the field. They're both very good defensive yeah, coordinators. Both, both good. have opportunities to potentially have a head coaching job at some point. Um, so both are very good. I don't know if there's a discernible edge between the two. At one point you say, well, Lou is dealing with kind of an under-talented unit that he's made really good. Morris is dealing with a hyper-talented unit he's kept together. I think both are, are positives for both coaching stats. Just because you have the talent doesn't mean you can get it to work, right? They argue with each other. Ramsey is a firecracker. He's had been fine. Aaron Donald actually has had some, some instance on the field that you could consider slightly dirty. So I think they both do a great job with their defenses. Um, so I think before we get to head coaches, we do have to talk about special teams. Correct? I would say. Oh, I guess. Wait, hang on. I guess we did, we did not rank overall units. I'll go first. I have the Rams as being slightly better than the Bengals overall due to the star power of this defense. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, I give them the edge um, from a defensive standpoint. Again, not super far, but a little bit bigger of a gap than I did for the Rams offense over the Bengals offense. I, I agree. I give it to the Rams. I hinted at it when I said two out of three might not win it. The Rams defense, the Rams pass rushing, the most important part of this game. It's going to be the factor. That's what you should be watching. And there you go. I agree. Uh, special teams, though. You want to start? Where do you want to start? You want to start with kickers? Yeah, why not? Let's right. go kickers. Yeah. Evan McPherson, who draft picked last year, has not missed a kick in the postseason. I don't think he didn't. Oh, no, he did in the regular season. There was that wacky game with the Packers. Has not picked or missed a game. Missed a kick. Jesus Christ. Missed a kick in the postseason versus. Matt Gay, solid kicker. I don't know if he's missed a kick. Right. Uh, no, he did. He had the short kick against the Bucks. Remember that? He missed from 41 yards. I am giving I it do. to McPherson because he just, similar to Joe Burrow, has the swag. The I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Gives him beyond the edge for me. Both talented enough, Gay's short kick aside. But I'm giving it to McPherson here. Um, yeah, I, I, well, again, we're talking just kickers. I do think McPherson's is better. I think my one concern, if, if he misses something, it's, you know, it's like, you don't know, you don't know pressure till you have it kind of thing. What if he misses a short kick? Does that, because Gay's a little bit of a veteran, right? But I like McPherson. I do think he's the easy pick there. I do think from a punter perspective, Johnny Hecker is one of the best in the business. This is a guy who's been to four pro bowls. Um, he's pretty darn good. So, um, I, yeah, he's one of the best in the league, just to put it that way. Um, Kevin, I believe it's Kevin uh, Hu uh, 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 Huber for the Bengals. It's good when you don't really know who their punter is. I mean, he just does his job, right? Hecker definitely has the bigger leg, though, and he could make the bigger play um, if needed. Sure. I think the, the reason I'm back and forth here, you know, one of the parts is about, it's hard to talk about coverages. They're both okay, especially in terms of returning kicks and punts. It's funny that the, the Rams have actually had an issue all year. They've had to use their best players a lot to do this. Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, even Odell Beckham. But now it's the Super Bowl. I want my best player back there. So I think I give a slight edge to the return game to the Rams. Yeah. Um, P, uh, P Ryan is not like he's been, and Evans have been the main return guys for the Bengals. They're okay. That being said, though, I think I, I will give the overall special team edges edge to the Bengals because I think Evan McPherson is a great young kicker. 
and he, he could make some long range kicks and his consistency. I, I think that's the most important special teams Porsche point is the kicker. Um, I so I, I think I'm going to give the edge to McPherson. Yeah, I totally agree. And look what made the difference in the AFC championship game. They settled for three a number of times, but it kept them in it. And the Chiefs say they got greedy. You can say whatever. They didn't take three. And that made a, a difference, right, of not getting the three points. So even if Joe Burrow gets stifled at the start of the game and they're able to get three points, they're certainly not out of it. And that's something the Bengals really bring to the table. Now, anything else before we get to the, the picks of the actual game itself? Head coaching. Yes. I think okay. it matters. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm obviously been very, uh, you know, um, Zach Taylor is a good young coach. Uh, has shown some stuff this year, right, that I think is important, showing that he can coach. Mm-hmm. I, I do think the edge goes to Sean McVay. Um, been here before, incredibly in, in, ingenuitous. That's not even a word, but whatever. Incredibly ingenuitous. This podcast um, isn't built on is, vocabulary. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it is a fantastic kicker. I mean, a fantastic coach. Wow. Um and I think he does get the edge. He's been here. He's been around the block a little bit more. So I think there is a clear head coaching um, um, difference uh, with McVay. There's uh, a reason he's a quote-unquote wonder kid, one of the best to do it um, at this point. It's why every team has been trying to clone him, hence why Zach Taylor is the head coach of the Bengals. Um, I think he gets the edge here. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to say he gets the edge. I totally agree. McVay gets the edge for a lot of what you just said. Obviously, the tree that he's developed throughout the NFL, you just mentioned it, Zach Taylor and what they've tried to do there. Obviously, there's a number of head coaches that have come from the McVeigh tree. And I do think, though, it's worth noting, I feel like there's more pressure on McVeigh. He got oh, there yeah. three years ago and had a not-so-great offensive game against the Patriots. That was a very low-scoring game. We thought We all thought it was going to be way high-scoring, and it wasn't. So I, I think there's some house money and a kind of fuck it attitude that Taylor is certainly going to go into it. Maybe Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow seems to love to play as this underdog aspect. And maybe that that leaks over to Taylor. But you got to give it to McVeigh. The wonderkind, as you mentioned it, just all sorts of interesting ways to call it. We talked about it a little bit with wide receivers and different ways to go into it. Now, we're going we're gonna to look at props in a second. If you want to think about, you know, Philly, Philly, we talked about Doug Peterson getting a new job, all that kind of stuff, much more likely to come out of McVay, but I wouldn't be shocked if Taylor was coming up with something interesting in that aspect. Now, they don't, then again, neither did the Eagles, but McVay gets it there just in terms of the dynamic ways that he's been able to get the most of his players offensively. And, you know, obviously he's not calling defensive plays, but it seems like all of his players have really wanted to play for him. And certainly the Rams have trusted him. Stan Kroenke letting him just trade all sorts of picks. The Isaiah Thomas model. Let's see if he gets it done. But I, you know, I think you're right. I think it goes to McVay, but the pressure is certainly more on him. So I guess we'll go to our picks. Um, you're, you're the, you're the headline on the podcast. So I will go first. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I do think the Cinderella story run does end for the Bengals. Um, they run into a team that is just as hungry and has a little bit more talent and a little bit more veteran acumen, if you will. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take the Rams. I think they win. Um, I think it's a little bit more 
I actually think it's a little bit more of a blowout than I'd like to imagine. Really? And I know that sounds, yeah, I, there's been, here's why. Let me tell you my reason for that. There have been so many great games this playoff. Seriously. Like every week. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we're coming to, we're coming to a letdown. Um, I, I think they score. I think they score three touchdowns. I think they kick two field goals. Uh, that makes it 27. And I think the Bengals only manage uh, 17 points. It's a 10 point win. Um, uh, I just, if for whatever reason, I just, that's kind of what my thought is. I hope it's 45 to 42. Like, I hope it's an incredible offensive explosion, but something tells me a little bit more low scoring um, and a little bit about that. Again, my hope, my honest hope is it's a great game, but 27, 17 sounds like a pretty bland game to me. That, that is my pick, but I do have specifically want to clear it. I have the Rams winning um, and they get that title. They've been chasing and show the rest of the league kind of time for people to jump on board the McVay train, trade the picks. <laughs> so, yeah. So go. a couple things to note before I get my pick, the Rams are wearing white, which teams wearing white and stats that matter have won like 17 of the last 20 Super Bowls. We always hear it with the, the Broncos that they've never won wearing colors, but it, it pertains to the rest of the NFL, which means tech, I guess technically they're the they're they are the home team because last year the Bucks were the away team. So the Rams are technically the first home team to host the Super Bowl. But that's something worth noting. They're both four seeds, so there's no seed crap there. I am I do think the Rams win. I'm maybe I'm just being optimistic that we're continuing the good game trend. I'm going to take the Bengals plus points and hope that it's a good game. I want this over to hit. You have it under overs 48 and a half. Like I mentioned at the top, I, I like that call that the, the Rams probably score three, maybe four touchdowns. Uh, I do think there's probably a little more special teams actions there. Obviously last year we had the letdown of the century of a game that seemed like it go way over. And then the, the Bucks just laid the clamp down on the chiefs. So maybe you get that a little first half under. It hits the over. The two teams feeling each other out. I could I could certainly see it. A very run-heavy first first quarter. But depending on who gets the ball, I think makes the difference on whether or not the over-under hits. Again, I'm picking the, the Rams to win, but the Bengals to cover. In terms of the over-under, I think if the Rams get the ball first, this thing goes pass-heavy very quick. Bengals get it first. We get a little more feel it out. We get a little more run heavy, at least from the Bengals. They're going to try to drain that clock a little bit and see where they can go from there. Maybe try to settle for three points so they can get into field goal range. Maybe get a touchdown there. I don't think this ever gets more than 10 points out of hand. Again, we, we saw the Bengals do it literally in their last game where they were down 18 points, came all the way back on the game. But I, if I'm going to pick a final score, I'm going to say I will say 31, so four Rams touchdowns and a field goal to, I don't want to say 28 because that means that there's four touchdowns. I want to say Evan McPherson has three field goals would be my guess. So I'm trying to add nine to some number. I don't want to say I don't want to say thirty-one to thirty because that's that's almost impossible. I feel like that's a score origami. But um, <laughs> yeah, I I feel like McPherson's more of a factor in this game than we gave him a lot of credit. Obviously, we gave him the edge in kicking, but I feel like he's going to be a b- 
big factor in terms of putting points up on the board. So I think the Bengals keep this thing close. I don't think it's a, a Vinatieri, you know, time-expiring field goal or anything like that. I, I don't know if this game goes overtime. It'd be only fitting if it did. But, yeah, I, I think the Bengals cover. Okay. So, Maddie, Super Bowl props, some of our favorites. I'm on The Athletic, so I'm, I don't know where they're getting their lines from. Does it say at the top of the article? Um, whatever. This is on TheAthletic.com. If you have a subscription, you can go read this. We're going to skip the pregame stuff because the heads or tails, national anthem length. Always go over the national anthem. Always pick tails. There you go. First one, worth noting. Who will peer, appear in a Super Bowl commercial first? The Budweiser Clydesdale or Megan the Stallion? It's a little uh, horse pun bet for you. Wow. Megan the Stallion. Okay. We didn't, do, we even see, do we even see the Clydesdales last year? That's a good question. By the way, I'm assuming that both are confirmed to be in the Super Bowl, too. Some, so that's the interesting thing. Sometimes they have these prop bets. I think this might have like a printable aspect that you can play at home. Sometimes we don't even get any of them, which I think if you're going one or the other, I might go the Clydesdales just because the I don't remember if we saw them last year. If we didn't, I feel like that's more of a a go for the Clydesdales type of thing. I feel like we're probably going to get a very ad heavy Super Bowl this year. Like normally in the third quarter, they start to repeat. But last year, like, didn't we run out of commercials before halftime because of COVID? I thought so. I thought, yeah. yeah, I thought I, like, yeah. Uh, so here's another one. Who will be the first shown during an FTX, the crypto company commercial? Steph Curry, who is the leading odds getter, Tom Brady, Giselle, or Shohei Otani? Say that again? So FTX, the crypto commercial, you know, they have the Tom yeah, Brady's yeah, announcing a okay. trade. Oh, right, right, right. Who's right, showing right, up right, first? Right. Curry, Brady, Giselle, or Otani? Brady. Yeah, I think it's it's hard not to go Brady. Maybe it's just like if it's Giselle, which also the fact that I just referred to the the men by their last name, but Giselle is just Giselle. But I think if it's if it's a Brady Giselle commercial, maybe it's like Giselle's like, oh Tom, look, they're talking about your trade. Here you go. The fact that Shohei Otani is in this though is very intriguing. Just got He's announced. Right. Just got announced as MLB the show cover guy. Otani's getting well the deserved. getting the Brinks truck backed up. Yeah, very oh, very much. Yeah, tell Greg that. Greg the fucking anti Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim of America of North America. Here. Hates all of them. He hates Mike Trout. He hates Shohei Otani. Anyway, um another commercial one. What MCU character will show up in a commercial first? Paul Rudd, Brie Larson, or Selma Hayek? Brie Larson. More marketable than the other other two. Yeah. Well, it shows Paul Rudd for Frito-Lay, Selma Hayek for BMW, which is interesting because Brie Larson obviously does the Nissan commercial. She's in all of them. I would go Brie Larson as well. I think that's a solid pick. Um, Last one in terms of commercials, what would be shown first in any Super Bowl commercial? A rocket, the moon, an astronaut, or an alien? Rocket. Okay. You got to get off the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably rocket mortgage. Uh, the guy that owns the Cavs probably going nuts. Probably spent a lot of money. Um, all right. The next question is: is what order of the halftime performers? Do we want to? Do we want to try to guess that, or is that a, a little too much analysis on our part? 
No, too much. I, yeah. I can't manage that. Yeah, so. that's a little too much to ours. Uh, but who will be the first to speak? Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, or Kendrick Lamar? Dr. Dre. Yeah, that, that, that seems pretty easy. It's, Maybe Snoop Dogg is the intro. Snoop. It was between him or Snoop, but I'm going to go Dr. Dre. Yeah, Snoop Dogg made no, the you know intro. What? You know what? I don't know, actually. Yeah, hang on. I kind of like Snoop. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Snoop. I'm changing my answer. I'm going against my gut for a minute here. I'm going Snoop. So I'm not going to list all the songs, but what will be the first song played during the halftime show? California Love is the odds-on favorite, which I'm going yeah. with. But next episode what are the is other next, options, though? a okay. fan favorite of ours, certainly. Humble. Humble is the, the long odds in terms, of, in terms of not the field. Will there be a cameo from any of these three people? Jay-Z, Ice Cube, or Tupac's hologram? It's just a yes or no answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You got to go yes there. I think... You gotta go. I yes. think Ice Cube more so than Tupac or even Jay Z. <laughs> Tupac Hologram. They do California Love, and it's just the, California uh, Dreaming. So maybe, maybe you're right though. But I say yes. I like yeah. that's a yes or no. Uh, total songs played during the halftime show over under ten and a half. Songs played. Whoa. Hmm. So the analysis here says that the halftime show usually clocks into. 13 to 14 minutes, so it's either it's five five A-list all-star artists, so it's either a medley or they're each doing one and, like, maybe a little transition. I like over. I think medley. I think there's all kinds of songs, right? Um, All right, so some game-related props. Who will have a longer catch, Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase? Cup. He doesn't have Jalen Ramsey covering him. Yep. Okay. I saved this because I knew it was a prop question. Will a player who's not uh, – oh, it doesn't include tight ends. But So it's will a player who's not a running back or wide receiver score a touchdown. So it includes tight ends, which I would say yes. But I'll, I will extend it further. Will we have a big man touchdown? No. Okay. But will, will a tight end score? I don't like that answer. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, another one, will there be a flea flicker, non-quarterback pass, fake punt, or onside kick in the Super Bowl? Yes. I agree. I there's gonna be an onside kick. I think McVay's the McVay and Mc and McVay's the coach, so yes. <laughs> Here's a fun one. Will a highlight <laughs> clip of Chris Collinsworth playing in one of the Bengals' previous two Super Bowls be shown during the Super Bowl broadcast? Yes. Yeah, it has to be. It yeah, has to be. Yeah, right. Something will come up, right? The yes. post game, hundred percent. Color of the Gatorade poured on the winning coach. Ooh. blue. Yeah, blue. Oh. Blue would be for the Rams. Blue. I think that's safe. The Bengals. Blue. Bengals players have blue. said they have orange, so that means orange is the odds-on favorite, even though the Bengals are the are the underdog. So that's saying that the Rams have had orange, which I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I like I like blue because I think the Rams are going to win. I guess yeah, my pick. Blue, apparently blue, blue. orange has been dumped on five times. Blue fourth, clear and none have had four apiece. They're tied for second, and then pink, purple, red, all have long odds. They looks like I have zero in the history. Um. 
And then the other two questions we already covered. But Matty D, any final thoughts as we look beyond the Super Bowl into the offseason? I don't want to look beyond. No, don't. I don't want to look beyond the Super Bowl into the offseason. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I have no well, interest in well, doing like that. Final, a final I'm bow sorry. on the 2021 season. Do you have any, like, as you look back somehow, on it? Somehow, somehow, 17 games worked it well. Um, the actual wild card team works well. The NFL has never been more popular, even if they have some internal rot, which we've talked about throughout the season and will continue into the offseason. All press is good press. They are a money-making machine. They are the best sports product on the market right now outside of Sunday at Augusta. <laughs> That's my opinion, obviously. Um, and it was another Every great Sunday. season with another great Super Bowl, right? So a great matchup in L.A. It's probably – I think the NFL probably would have liked maybe Patty Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Oh, definitely. But they couldn't have asked – they really couldn't have asked for a better second option, if you will having the Rams at home in their new, big, beautiful stadium. The NFL finally gets to show off, uh, which they've been showing off a lot anyway. Yeah, I was about to say, they've had um, plenty of home games. Yeah, a plenty perfect recap to the Yeah, a perfect recap to the end of this season. Yeah, I think, um, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I think given the Brian Flores lawsuit with racism, that the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl might be a, or not being in the Super Bowl, might be a blessing in disguise in terms of that regard, but... You do have the Washington Commanders now, so there's some uh, that I should clarify. I'm not trying to equate one to the other. That was a joke. I'm sorry. Um, but regardless, I do agree that Mahomes in the Super Bowl, one of the most marketable players in the world, you know, outside of maybe LeBron, one of the most marketable in the world, like in and obviously mm-hmm. soccer players, but yeah, up there. But Joe Burrow certainly. Again, he brings the swag. He brings the Joe Cool attitude and, and everything there. And and you're right. It Being a Rams, quote-unquote, home game certainly adds a, a fun little aspect to that, I think, as you look back onto it. I love your point. 17 games worked. Adding the seventh team, I know a lot of people were really hard on it, and it's obviously the Eagles were the seventh seed, so it's hard for us to shit on it. But I think even if it's you have a week of bad games – so that you had at least two weeks and hopefully a third week of really good games. You know, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. It's extra football that I'm never going to be upset about. And two four seeds made it to the Super Bowl. So certainly there's something to that of whether it's you need to play for that one seed, which it's worth noting neither one seed made it to the NFC championship or their respective championship games. And they had the buys. So rest versus rust. Currently the, the rust factor is winning there. So I don't know. It's certainly something that I think the NFL is going to look at. I know they're going to fight tooth and nail with the players to try to add an 18th game, which I don't know. I know president's day is next Monday, not this upcoming Monday with Valentine's day. But I would think in future years it probably lines up more with President's Day. I, I don't know if that can be confirmed or not, but I think that's the, the that's where the NFL I think wants ultimately to try to line up the Super Bowl to give us all the day off after the Super Bowl that we've all been clamoring for for years. So if they were to use this year as any sort of evidence to the players of here's the extra revenue, here's your take, blah blah blah, you know, here we go. 
But as you mentioned, it's a 24-7, 365 event in the NFL, and that's saying something considering that you and I are podcasting with the NFL, and there were two major NBA trades that went down today. The trade deadline is on Thursday. The NHL trade de- deadline's in March, and the Olympics are going on, and the NFL's still dominating, and it will not stop. The machine never stops. To that point, for those that are newer to the podcast, like three or four years ago, Matt and I were about to do some baseball preview. I forget what division. But then Odell Beckham got traded to the Browns, and we did a reaction podcast to that. So the NFL machine never sleeps. Matt, I appreciate everything from the season, even though our busy lives at times with me planning, helping my wife, I should clarify, plan the wedding and you with work and me with work and all that stuff. I know we didn't get every week under the under the our uh, into our belt or whatever the fuck the phrase is. But I appreciate everything, man. I love doing this. This, again, is the best way to wrap up the season. So thank you for an awesome season, my man. Oh, man, thank you, too. It was great. I love talking football with you weekly. Um, looking forward to the off-season stuff with you. Absolutely. Uh, and obviously getting back on the golf course, too. Oh. Um, but, um, yeah. So my, my, my second love is talking football. Uh, first love is playing golf. <laughs> it would be playing football. I'm just not fast. Can't jump have no really upper good upper body strength. Um, anyway, just like a litany of things, but um, no, it was a great year. I love talking. I love talking the game. I love breaking it down and uh, looking forward to a couple off season pods. And then obviously getting back to it next August, which doesn't oh, yeah. even feel that far away to be honest. So uh, can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. But for my man, Matty D thank you to you all through for listening to us throughout this season. We obviously appreciate all the, feedback the listenership and you know even the disagreements when you don't like our takes and all that stuff we love the love the banter we love all of that so thank you for listening we will talk to you maybe next week maybe at some point later in the off season we'll figure it out but for my man maddie d actually before that go subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss those off season podcasts search the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods thunderblog sports on instagram so you can follow all of our antics Again, I'll be at the Waste Management Phoenix Open on Friday, so make sure to follow that. And all all of that good stuff with social media. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And Matty, I got to say, fly, Eagles, fly! And go Joe Burrow.